HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, sharing nothing but the best in whole grain nutrition and committed to their mission of good food for all. Learn more at bobsredmill.com slash podcast. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sari Kamen, and this is a show about food, politics, and identity. Uh, today, we are going to be talking with instructors from League of Kitchen, a unique cooking school in New York City. And we also have Sonia Karras, who's the program manager of League of Kitchens. And um, as far as instructors with me, I have Angie Vargas. She's from Mexico. Mm. Hi, Angie. Hello. Hi. And we have Noida Saeed Hosan from Afghanistan originally. Noida, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for coming today. Sure, my pleasure. Um, I'm so excited to have you all here in studio with me. And Sonia, hi. Hi. Um, I thought first it would be great if you could just tell us, like, what is League of Kitchens? How did it start? What's the story behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So the League of Kitchens is a unique cooking school in New York City where all of our instructors are immigrants who teach intimate workshops out of their own home kitchens, focusing on their traditional recipes and cuisine. And our kind of flagship workshop is our five and a half hour immersion workshop. It happens on Saturdays or Sundays. And um, our workshops are structured so that students show up. It's usually five or six students per class. They go to the instructor's home. The instructors prepared a meal for them in advance. They sit and have a welcome meal and talk, and then have about three and a half hours of hands-on cooking instruction, which usually covers about five to six dishes, and then all sit down at the end and eat a meal together. Um, And we also do a shorter two and a half hour taste of workshop, which is structured similarly, but starts with a light snack, 
has about one and a half hours of hands-on cooking instruction, covering about two to three dishes, and then ends with a smaller meal. Yeah, so it's super unique because people who learn how to cook are actually going into the homes of the instructor. So that just sounds so intimate. Yeah, I think it is um, really special because in addition to the food, you get to see the pots and pans that the instructors use. Um, You know, a lot of them have brought tools and um, uh, equipment from their own home countries. You know, Mirta, our Argentinian instructor, has these amazing grills that she hand carries from Argentina and a collection of about 100 different mate gourds. Um, Yamini, our Indian instructor, has all of her mom's copper pots and, and pans that she uses on the stove that don't have handles. So you're really, you're going into the instructor's home and you're, you're not just getting to eat their food and learn how to make their food, but also see the context in which that food was made. Yeah, it's a very kind of, it's not only very authentic, but it sounds like a very sort of like holistically immersive experience, um, kind of delving into the, the heritage and culture of the instructors. Yeah, and a really personal experience. Right. And I think we'll, you know, hear from Angie and Nuita, but all, we have 11 instructors from all over the world, and they each have incredible stories and personalities and homes and families. And, you know, you get to, as a student, kind of walk in and get a taste of all of that. Yeah. So when you're, so I want, I'm curious how you find instructors. And then when you're kind of like interviewing or doing the vetting process, do you also go to their homes and like check out their kitchens? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so our, our recruitment process is, I would say, varied. There's no one way that we find instructors. Um, we post on Craigslist. So some of our instructors, uh, like our Argentinian instructor, her daughter was looking on Craigslist, saw the post, said, you know, mom, you'd be perfect for this. Um, we work really closely with the IRC. So Nawida and Roshana, our Nepali instructor, we connected with through the IRC, um, which does a lot of work with refugees. And Yeah, did um, you come as a, as, on a refugee yes. status? Yeah, okay. Yes, Sorry, Nawida. Yeah, yeah, I came from uh, Russia, which is, I'm from originally from Afghanistan, but I was live in Russia. And then from Russia, I came to go to refugee in the New York United States 2010. And then I have a lot of experience. I'm from 13 years, I cooking. I learned from my grandparents and my mother. And we have all like uh, ingredients, which is we make it homemade, like all the spices. We can find from outside also, but you, a lot of people as a spices, but don't know how to make it and then we have a skill to we teach people how to make it on that and we make it in our house and we have a lot of experience which is I make enough in Pakistan I live with my mother-in-law I cooking for 35 people and then three times a day and three times a day three times a day yes and I make a big meal that is so daunting to me (laughs) yeah and are they like are they all like hearty eaters everybody it's perfect (laughs) like super eating yes <laughs> and then we make a dish I have uh, so many experience about that and I can make it a lot of dish and all of did you have my help? experience just I'm with my sister-in-law but we have to one of them cook the another one wash the dish and we cannot do both of them one of us wash the dish and then another one cooking That's but I'm much. the one to cook <laughs> okay yes and then I have because a lot of experience and I make it from 13 years a lot of cooking and then everybody love my food and I love to share my experience and the new United States for anybody come and welcome to our house oh my god you should like just win awards like just 
for having had yes. to endure that. Thanks. I'm good. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. So anything else you wanted to say about like the, the yeah. interview, the vetting or going into people's homes? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. To answer, to finish that question, I mean, um, yes, we do a ton of community outreach. We try to connect with as many different organizations in the city as possible. And then we do information sessions regularly to kind of talk about the League of Kitchens and meet potential candidates. And then we do do in-home cooking auditions with anyone that we think will be a good fit. And um, we launched in 2014 with six instructors. And I think to hire those six instructors, we met with over 150 people and did in-home cooking auditions with about 25 That's to a hire lot. six. Yeah. So, you know, and like you got a sense just now from Noida, like all of our instructors are really um, amazing home cooks. They're yeah. not just good cooks. They're fantastic cooks. Mm-hmm. Noida started cooking when she was 13, and that is like really... Um, typical of our instructors. They all learned at a really young age, learning from family members, um, and having to cook their entire lives. Right, and it's more than just being skilled at cooking. It's also teaching and being able to to handle people coming into your home. And I do, I mean, we will get to this, like talk about the dynamic of what it's like to have strangers come into your home. And it is so personal. It's not. This is like, of course, for the... (laughs) She's like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) You know, force the person, of course, if people come in like a little not comfortable in the beginning the first time see and the moment enter in our house and see how is I, we will host it and then these all is not want to leave our house you know our class are supposed to end it by 6 30 these all finish sometime 7 30 7 15 yeah. because these are so much interesting we love and we share all our experience from our heart which is we want everybody learn real originally our dish for about the food about everything and everybody love it and we also so happy before that so we find the league of kitchen and thanks for league of kitchen thanks for you to having us <laughs> and this is like a, such as experience and anything you make from the cookbook you not find like a homemade you know the hands and you can see what the scales and this is like really is yes good. i always um, tell my students that i want you to feel part of my family mm-hmm. so as soon as you come into my house it's your house don't feel like you're not uh, a stranger. You uh, w- and I hug them. Like I really love to to connect with people with a hug and and transmit you know that energy. And I've been very lucky to have beautiful students. Um, and and as soon as I they come home, like I open the door and I tell them, "This is your house. Welcome to your house. Mi casa Aww. es tu casa." Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, and I always try to make them feel as comfortable as possible because um, when they're not your friends, they're like uh, people that you just met when you're opening the door. But uh, I guess when they want to come into your house is because they, they're, they're interested mm-hmm. and they want to learn, learn and they want to taste authentic food. And um, so I always tell them, now you're part of my family. Now you're my friend. And uh, this is your house. Feel comfortable. And then I show them around the house first so they can feel comfortable. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. And I'm sure after, you know, spending all day with them, like you do become friends. Yes, you become friends. and, and, And I really love to feel how 
they they just make me feel loved. Mm. When they they go away, they give me a big hug and tell me like thank you, thank you for opening your 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 house for us. And they give you this this is like a special thing, like love. And it's that's one of the main things that why I do it. I do it because I love to share my culture and I love to give love. And I love to receive love. Yeah, I love that. It's not just about the food. It's about the hospitality. Yes. And there's so much reciprocity and warmth. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, like living in New York City, that's such a unique way to interact with people. Like we're so used to, you know, hustling down the street and not Mm -hmm. making eye contact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a city of millions of people, but rarely do we stop and look at one another. And Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. just sounds like it's it's very special. Yes. yes. Um, But Sonia, I'm curious, like how did what was the whole idea that that generated League of Kitchens? Yeah. Well, I think we kind of touched on one of the main points Mm -hmm. of what we're doing, which is that, you know, New York City is such a city of immigrants. Um, And I think right now we're actually seeing the biggest influx of new immigrants since the turn of the century. Um, And yet there's often really uh, limited opportunities to have meaningful engagement, both between people from different immigrant groups and between immigrants and non-immigrants. And what interaction there is, is often service-based. And so I think the idea of League of Kitchens was really to shift that conventional dynamic. You know, in, in our school, the immigrant is the teacher, the expert, the host, the cultural ambassador, the, the star of the show. And I think that that is um, really significant. And also, um, you know, like Angie and Nuita said, that there's something really magical that happens over the course of a workshop. And, you know, we give surveys to all of our students after they've taken a workshop. And the most common feedback that we get is, you know, I showed up at this person's door. Maybe I'd never been in that neighborhood before. I felt kind of awkward. I didn't really know anyone. And by the end, I felt like I had a new favorite aunt or a new favorite grandmother. (laughs) And we get that feedback so often. And I think it's really speaks to, you know, these intimate classes that they're in their home, that our instructors are such incredible hosts, you know, not just incredible cooks, but amazing storytellers. And they're so generous and warm and teach with love and share with love. And um, and I think what happens is that a place like maybe Afghanistan that might have felt really far away, yes. all of a sudden feels really familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Yes, our kids, our kids keep the same of our culture, yes? If we keep cooking and we doing everything, these all touch with that. We, these all never forget about our culture. This is also keep us happy, which is our kids learning about our food and everything. And we find we have a no family there. We are refugee. And then we find so many friends, like our family, we are so comfortable. We think, okay, this is our sisters, our brothers. We're so happy for that. And from different, different place coming, it's not just from New York, coming from California, from Germany, sometimes even the People come in for visit New York and then find out about League of Kitchen coming to our house. And after that, say, oh, I love it. And then these all say, oh, my God, anytime we come in, we want to visit one of the instructors of League of Kitchen. This is like a make us so happy mm-hmm. and we get us so much energy. We want to more contact with the people. We want to more mm-hmm. share our experience and show our love for them. Yeah. Um, since the election and, you know, that horrible travel ban and everything that's happened, like a lot of people 
are turning to food first as a way to connect with immigrants and refugees. And I'm curious, like, since all of this has happened in the news, has have you felt a shift in the way people are responding to Leah Kitchens? Have more people been signing up? Yeah, I think that um, basically starting in January, around that time, we just got a huge influx of support in lots of different ways. I mean, I think that we did get a lot of a lot more people signing up for workshops, certainly, but also people reaching out to us about different kinds of partnerships, which has been really exciting for us. And, you know, even though the workshops that I described are at the heart of what we do, we have started doing um, a lot more workshops for for uh, corporations or businesses, like team building events. Um, we partnered with Angela DiMayuga, the executive chef at Mission Chinese. Um, she used recipes from all of our instructors in her menu for the Creative Time Gala. Um, we started doing demos at the Green Market, so Noida um, was at Grand Army, and actually we're going to be back there again this Saturday, and we did a demo at Union Square, and we're going to go to McCarran Park next month. Um, we're doing workshops with IACP for their conference that's coming up in February, and so I think that there's just been more awareness of um, wanting to recognize and and elevate and celebrate the contributions that immigrants are bringing to our city and to our culture, and what better way to do it than to be among people with incredible talent from all over the world. Yeah, I'd love to hear from Angie and Nuita a little bit about both of you and your story and when you came over to the United States and, and, and why and then how you got involved with League of Kitchens. And Nuita, you mentioned already that you lived in Russia most recently before coming to the States, yes. but you also lived in Pakistan, but you're from Afghanistan. Wow. Yeah, I, I around the world, yes. <laughs> Ask her how many languages she speaks. How many languages? Yeah, I speak Urdu, I speak Russian, I speak Farsi. Uh, Pashto is a little bit. Oh, just a little bit. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, but Pashto. Russian I know because I live eight years in Russia. And then first, I am. I can explain from the beginning. I was in Afghanistan, and then I married with my husband. I got engaged, and then my husband went to Russia. I came in back because situation in Afghanistan is not good, and then we moved to Pakistan with my mother-in-law. And then we stayed with my mother-in-law five years in Pakistan. And then from Pakistan, I moved to Russia. My husband bring me to Russia. And then I stayed eight years in Russia. From Russia, I came back to the United States. This is my okay. last So you left just... Afghanistan before? For the war with the United States? No, no, no. This is like the, the time was before 2000, I leave from Afghanistan. Right, so before, okay. Yeah, this is like a one year before that, yeah. Oh, okay, so that's good And timing. then, yeah, I stay five years there. After that, I come to Russia. From Russia, 2010, I come in like a refugee in the United States, and which is, this is my last stop. I want to stay. This is yeah. <laughs> no more, no we more. We want you to stay. <laughs> I love to stay there, and I love America. I enjoy my life there because this is a nice, nice life, and I'm so happy. Well, what was so? What was the reason you left Russia? I have um, uh, I separate get with my ex-husband, okay. and then I come into the United States. I have a one son; oh. he's four years that time, and then I come off there because of this as a situation of no document, and mm-hmm. then my husband has to get married with different woman and then I got separate with him I came into the United States we're glad you're here thank you so on behalf much. of the thank whole I love it I love it to stay there you do and I love I'm Rufuji I love it and I have a freedom I can do work I can become independent I can do work I can make everything you still love it 
I love it. Even with Trump in office? I, I love it. Okay, I'm happy. So, I'm comfortable. Okay. I don't have any you know, problem. You know who you are. You're safe. Yes, you're good. I'm safe. Perfect. 100% I'm safe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find out about League of Kitchen? I came Rufuji through the International Rusko Committee, mm-hmm. which is the short name is IRC. Yeah. And then the International Rusko Committee introduced me with Lisa Gross with the League of Kitchens director. Who founded League yes. of Kitchens. Yeah. Okay. And sorry, and then just no problem. And so, where you were in Pakistan when you were cooking for thirty-five people three times yes. a day? Yes. Yeah, because we are as a large family, my mother-in-law's a sister-in-law, and then as a each of that as a five kids, six kids, four kids, and then the two, three guests come in, and all we become together like a thirty-five, forty. We have to make at least for forty people's meal and for three times a day. Did you, I mean, how, how often did you have to change the menu? I mean, did it have to be like a whole new thing every time? Every day you have to make something new. Yeah, it's not like continue the same, but the rice always be there because everybody loves rice. So you should definitely have your own cooking show. Yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then we make different dishes, like a no problem, because if we used to, and it's got like nothing hard, it's so easy for yeah. us. Oh, okay. Yeah. So easy for you. Great. <laughs> yeah. Make it look so easy. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, Angie, how about you? Um, I'm from Monterrey. It's a border with Texas. So I, I, I've been coming to the United States uh, since I was very young. And when I was uh, 14, my mom decided to come to New York uh, so we could study English. Well, I used to study English in, in, my, in Monterrey, but... Then I was just going to stay for a year or so, <laughs> but uh, she was going to work, and then I was going to go to school. So when we came here, the baby boy that she was going to take care of, he didn't want to stay with my mom, and he wanted it me. Like, as soon as he saw me, like, he, he wanted to play with me, and he was, like, all over me, and I was 14. <laughs> And the lady, she asked me if I wanted to take care of the baby, like instead of my mom, I, if I wanted to work. And we were depending on that money, like we needed to work. If my mom needed to work so I could go to school. So I said, okay, yeah, I can take care of the baby. Without knowing, it was I never changed a diaper before. <laughs> so I started working as a babysitter. And then after I stay, I stay there like for for a year or so. And then I moved. I I it was this was in New Jersey. So then I moved to New York to go to high school. So I started going to high school. And then I got married very young, because all my family came to the city. And then we realized that it was too cold. So <laughs> we didn't like the cold weather. So. Everybody decided, my mom, my sister, my brother, and I was going to, to move to California. So when I, I told my boyfriend that I was going to move to California, he asked me to marry him. Like, but <laughs> so that's a good tactic. So like, lady, and take I, note. And I was like, what? And he asked me in front of the um, Central Park, like in front of a lot of people. Aww, My husband is a mariachi musician. <gasps> so he bring the whole mariachi band in the middle of the Central Park. You say yes to that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I got married like very, very young at 19. And so my did family, his band perform at your wedding? 
Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my family did move to California, so I, I was the only one here. Uh, but my husband has a big family. He's the only boy, and he has six sisters. And then all my sisters are amazing home cooks. I, I used to cook since I was like around seven because my mom worked the, her whole life, so I used to help her. And I used to love to cook. Like, it was something natural. She never asked me to cook, but I wanted to help, and I wanted to to learn because I, I love food a lot. So if I went to my aunties or my best friend's houses, I will learn how to cook with them. So once, the first time I, I started doing rice, uh, my my best friend's mom, she was making the rice, this delicious rice, and I never knew that you cannot touch rice one while it's cooking. You can't? So, no, because oh, then it that. breaks. Oh. So <laughs> I opened the pot, I put a spoon, and I started going around with the rice. And then uh, when we were eating, uh, my uh, her father was, well, this is the rice, thanks to Angie, it's all mashed, but still delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when, and I was like, uh, 13 or so when I I realized that I wouldn't um, stir the, the rice yeah. so uh, I started learning from my sisters-in-law a lot because they're from Puebla and in Puebla you will find amazing food uh, in Monterrey we are like meat lovers we eat a lot of meat and uh, and in Puebla they, they have a lot of stews like very it's like a tremendous uh, um, amount of dishes. Like it's for me, it's my favorite fruit, food, food from Mexico. Uh, so I started to learn how to do mole with my mother-in-law and my sisters. And um, like for me, cooking it's uh, a way to tell my family and friends how much I love them. Mm. So I will cook with lots of love, so I can give them that. And if if I have a friend, a very special friend, sometimes I don't know uh, which gift I should buy for them. So I will tell them, I invite you to my house for your birthday or, for, you know, to celebrate you. So I want you to come to my house and I will make a special um, dish for you. So you will, uh, for me, it's like a really uh, a way of showing you my effect, like my love. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like the food. greatest gift you could get. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, when you cook with love, you can taste it. Mm. Like if you come, like what they say, uh, if you're a good cook, you can get married because <laughs> anyone will get in love with your food. So they're going to get in love with you. With wild <laughs> gestures of mariachi bands playing in the background. Yes. Um, well, uh, for me, it's very important to keep uh, our tradition alive in the city. Uh, my, my husband, he's been here for almost 40 years. Uh, like not like 35 years and he has a very well-known mariachi band uh, and then he started a non-profit it's a music program we teach uh, Mexican music to kids it's free free music lessons to for kids so that's how we share our traditions and it's very important for the kids and for the community to to feel proud of who you are who you come from to be successful in life. If you don't, if you feel um, 
especially in these times when when mm, with the administration new administration it created a lot of hate uh, towards Mexicans especially Mexicans um, the kids they need to feel proud of their parents they feel they need to feel proud of of their food their language because if they start uh, It's been happening. Like we have this pro music program for 15 years in the city, and I have had kids that they didn't want to speak Spanish because they didn't want anyone to know that they were Mexicans because then they were going to bully them on school. Is this recently? Yes, in the mm -hmm. past. Well, we we're being uh, in, in in with the program for the last 15 years. And then when they came into the school, they started seeing all this beautiful community. They started seeing that we speak Spanish and we are proud of speak, speaking Spanish. It doesn't mean that you don't speak English. You speak Spanish and you speak English. What a great combo. Yeah. And then um, start hearing our music. And then parents will come to us saying, thank you, because I can see my kid learning Mexican music that if they didn't came here they won't they won't feel proud of of the, who they are so for us it's very important and i also work as a i do administration for a, another company it's an, another non-profit and it's called center for traditional music and dance and they promote music and dance from around the world they do a lot of concerts and things like that so that's how we we got connected with the league of kitchens because uh Alisa was friends with the director's wife. And at my job, like I, I used to bring food to the, my job. I used to bring uh, bread, like homemade bread, uh, fruits and things like, you know, I always bring things to the office. Uh, so they knew that I love to cook. And they asked me, oh, look, I got, they asked me, they were looking for a Mexican instructor. I, I, they were looking for a long time to, for a Mexican instructor. And then I got connected. And I, the main reason that I do this is because I love sharing my culture. I love people to see that we are beautiful people. We are not criminals. We mm. are not bad people. We came to the United States because we want to be successful. We want to grow. We want our kids to have a better future and if we cannot have that in our countries and i'm not talking about only mexican because we come from the whole world it's immigrants from the world it's not immigrants from mexico if you see a latin you will say oh it's mexican no we all come from the whole world so <laughs> we are humans and we i think we have as a humans we have the right to live whoever we want to live, but it's very important to feel proud of who you are and, and, and where are you coming from. For me, in my ex personal experience, when I came, I was very young, and I used to feel ashamed. I used to feel... Um, I used to feel bad because uh, saying that I was Mexican, they would think, oh, you work in a restaurant or, or this or that. And for me, it was for me a little bit different because I used to be in a good college in Monterrey. I, I, I didn't work. I, um, my mom used to provide everything for us. So when I come 
to the U.S. and I started working and I started, for me, it was a big shock. But then for me, it was very like meeting my husband, Ramon, where he is very proud of his culture and he's been sharing his culture through music for a long time. For me, it was very empowering mm. and start feeling very, very proud of who I was. And you realized you could use food yeah, in a similar yes, way. Yes, I realized that I could use food. Uh, I could help him with the music. I also sing. I I love to sing since I was a, a little kid. So when I met him, I was like, oh, you, I love to sing. So I started singing with him. And I'm very diverse. I love to do a lot of things, but always uh, keeping in mind to sh to to feel proud of my background and and sharing that with with people so yeah. sharing it through food is very special because when people come into your house it, it, they see how you live mm -hmm. where do you live how how do you treat people how do you interact with your family they get to know you from a very personal point Because when we come out of the house, it's uh, you live your like uh, you, you're in a way you're real person. Like they say, if you're sad, leave that in the house, and then you come up outside and you smile. But when you come, when people come into your house, they will feel the energy <laughs> of the house. Yeah. So we are uh, we are very. For me, it's. I always try to be very happy and very positive. I try not to see the bad things, uh, the bad side of things, even though we are suffering right now in the with the immigration. Um, uh, I, I'm, um, we are, yeah, suffering with all that is going on. But instead of using that, instead of being sad, you 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 become happy and try to do positive things so you could uh, you can have a nice impact uh, on society that's, for for me it's very, very powerful Angie. Yeah. yes for me it's very important to to support my family to support my friends and to support society around me okay. i always try to be uh, the best version of myself and even though when i'm i uh, when i'm sad i go to the bathroom i cry there I come out of the bathroom and I smile <laughs> because it's always you have to smile to life. Yeah. You have to it's be very, strong. You, you have to be strong. strong. Okay. Yes. We're going to take is. a quick break uh, just to hear from our sponsor and then we'll be right back. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Bob's Red Mill has been milling whole grains since 1978. When you mill whole grains, you get all three parts of the seed, the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. The endosperm is the main energy storage unit of the seed. That's where the growing plant gets its energy before it can start photosynthesizing and making its own. It makes up a huge portion of the grain, about 83%, and it's the main source that's used for white flour. When you make white flour, you get rid of the germ and the bran and just have the white endosperm left. 
It contains almost all the carbohydrates. It also contains protein and iron and some of the other B vitamins as well. It's kind of what you classically think of when you're thinking of flour. So all that's there when you're milling with whole grains. But when you mill with whole grains, you also get the bran, which is the kind of roughage and gives that, that's what gives that, that kind of color to it. Also gives you extra fiber that uh, helps you to be regular. And you also get the germ, which adds the fat and the flavor, which we all like from whole grains. Learn more at bobsredmill.com slash podcast. Hey, you're listening to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sari Kamen, and I'm in studio with Angie and Noida and Sonia from the League of Kitchens. Um, and we've heard a lot about their backgrounds, and Angie and Noida are both immigrants who came to the United States and teach for League of Kitchens, and they teach cooking classes out of their homes. And so I just want to hear a little bit about the kind of dishes um, they cook so if you were to sign up and take a League of Kitchens cooking class, Nuida, your food is primarily from Afghanistan, yes, where you're from? Yes. Okay, so what kind of dishes do you, do you cook with your students? Uh, we make um, dumpling, which is very traditionally, and everybody has a dumpling, but everybody has a different way to yeah. make it. And we have a dumplings, we have a kabuli palau, which is, this is also very traditionally food, which is we make with a lamb and rice, uh, basmati rice with a raisin, carrots, pistachio, and almonds topping and this is very delicious food but you're just sign up and you'll love it i i know you'll love it i cannot explain all the dishes but we have a so okay. many dish your do you ever because you've lived in pakistan and russia do you ever incorporate flavors from there or do you keep it pretty traditionally no, we keep it okay. our traditionally separate Purist. we make yeah. it different different dish always in our house from russia from pakistan from india my mm -hmm. husband I got married now, my husband from India. We make it Indian dish, we make any kind of Persian food, everything, but that day, we, our class, we have to just keep it our traditionally food, right. Afghanistan food. We're not going to make different foods. Okay, understood. <laughs> and in my menu, in Mexican food menu, I have delicious uh, tostadas. It's a um, tostadas de tinga. I have enchiladas suizas. Those are my favorite thing in the world. They're like a creamy, like a green creamy spicy sauce uh, topped enchiladas. <laughs> I'm getting so hungry. <laughs> and then I have chiles rellenos for my vegetarian menu so I have a meat menu and a vegetarian one and it's very very delicious uh, with uh, frijoles a la charra they're like cowboy beans without the meat so they're vegetarian and I have some delicious rice Mexican style green rice red rice it's amazingly deliciously <laughs> food <laughs> so if you want to try it you can only taste that food in my house so okay. you were welcome uh, to have you all in my house Aww, <laughs> Sonia why don't you tell us how it works how we sign up sure um, you can go to our website which is leagueofkitchens.com you can see our workshop schedule which is online right now through December and we have 11 instructors <laughs> who like Angie and Nuita are amazing people and amazing cooks so we hope you'll join us and any, um, I know you mentioned you're doing a couple parks coming up or any other like big, big events or things on the horizon that you want to mention real quick. Um, yeah, I think if you want to come check us out at the green markets, we're going to be at Grand Army this Saturday, the 
third, yeah. maybe. <laughs> uh, I think the third Saturday in October, we're going to be in McCarran Park. Um, we are going to be doing a Diwali festival with our Indian instructor at Flushing Town Hall, October 29th. We're going to be in Soho House in December, IACP in February. So lots of opportunities. If you go to our website, there's links to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all the social media newsletter things that um, can keep you informed of where to find us. What's the website? www.leagueofkitchens.com. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Sonia, Noida, Angie, thank Aww. you so much for joining me today. I really thank loved you. hearing the stories. It's and our pleasure to it was share. It's all just to delicious to listen to and talk about. Um, thank you. And you should come to a class too. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes, you, you, you should come to, by. I to come to, to all the classes right now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio. We'll be back next week. Uh, same time, five o'clock next week, and hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.